I'm Heather. And I'm Lenore. Like you, we had our aha moments when we finally realized that the way we were doing things just wasn't really cutting it. I left pharmacy and got certified in integrative nutrition. And I left medicine and became a certified life coach. Together, we're going to show you what changes you want to make to adopt a healthier lifestyle. And then how to manage your mind around those changes. So this is the last time you do it. We're Nutrition Minded. Hi, welcome back. I'm Heather. And I'm Lenore. And today we're going to talk to you about people pleasing. People pleasers do whatever it takes to make others around them happy or to feel like others are happy with them. I think a lot of us are people pleasers. Mm -hmm. People pleasing is associated with a personality trait called sociotropy sociotropy am i saying that right yeah. okay um, <laughs> feeling overly concerned with pleasing others and earning their approval as a way to maintain relationships this is from the journal of social and clinical psychology an article that was published in 2012 as an abstract done on people pleasing through eating so this study predicted that greater eating in response to perceived or that there is greater eating in response to perceived social pressures. And the second study in this article showed that people adjust their eating habits to make their peers happy with them. Man, is this true? Yeah. Like how many women especially do you know that will change their eating patterns when they're in public? Yeah. Well, even the Ted Lasso episode. Did you watch Ted Lasso? Yes. Season one when yes. they're at the Nigerian restaurant. Yes. And he's like, cook it like you eat it at home. <laughs> and the waiter's like, Dad, he loves it. And and so the reporter's like, Oh my God, how can you eat that? He's like, I can't not eat it. Like, I have to show him that I appreciate him inviting me. Like, so he eats all of this super, super hot food. (laughs) And then he, like, barely makes it back to his apartment before his stomach, like, lets loose. So, but, I mean, that's an extreme example. But people will do that. They'll eat based on how they think that others around them Mm -hmm. feel like they should. Yes. What they think. You know, your mom's like, have seconds. And you don't really want seconds. But you also don't want to make your mom mad, you know. Or you're out with your girlfriend and you're having lunch and you're like, man, I'm starving, but I don't want to look like a pig. Right. Like, I'm just going to order well, a salad. She's only eating the chicken off of her salad, right. so I'm just going to eat one bite less than she does. Right. <laughs> and that's like a, a gender thing, too, for the most part. Like, I thought that was interesting. Ted Lasso did it, I think, coming from an appreciation for, like, being invited there and being treated like family and everything. Not And so he ate everything. Yeah. Right? It's the total opposite. Women tend to so or be socialized to eat less. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, leave plate on your leave food on your plate, yeah. like, especially. And I don't know necessarily if this is just a southern thing. I feel like it is, but leave food on your plate. Um, eat salads, not burgers. You know, only quote unquote fat girls eat like this. Yeah. You know, um, skinny girls don't. Pretty girls don't. Those kinds of things. Um, There was a study published in uh, PubMed that states gender differences in food intake and selection first appear in adolescence. And so can you think back, though, really to like high school and middle school Mm -hmm. when the girls were all eating apples? 
apples. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that was a thing when you were in middle school, but middle school and high school for me, we went through years of an apple diet, what I call an apple diet, where you only ate an apple for lunch. And then we went through years of um, you only eat French fries. So like you could get French fries, but you could have one little bowl of French fries and you couldn't clean your plate. And that was all you could eat at lunch, you know, and that was a socialization thing. Yeah. Men consume more calories than women, and the sexes have different eating styles, which indicate that women have been socialized to eat in a more feminine manner. Women experience more food-related conflict than men do in that they like fattening foods but perceive that they should not eat them. Do you mean like calorie-dense foods, high-calorie foods? Yes. Yeah. So they like like cheesecake. They like it, but they think they shouldn't eat it. Yeah, like the burger thing. I don't know if you've said that already, but women will not get a burger even though they really want one because girls don't eat burgers. Yes. And I'm like, I love it when I'm out with a group of girls and somebody's like, I'm having the burger and fries. And my thought is, oh, good, I can too. Like, I may not want the burger and fries, but automatically that's my thought. Well, I can too because she is. It's interesting. Do you know, funny enough, do you know what has started to shift the mentality? Um, Because before, 40s, 50s, you know, 60s, 70s even, where women are supposed to quote unquote eat like a bird, which by the way, birds eat nonstop all day. (laughs) Um, So it shouldn't be called that. Yes, true. It was a big kind of like kick in the teeth for yeah. a diet culture when Paris Hilton made that commercial for Hardee's and she's oh, eating that burger that's like burger. as big as her face. Yeah. And that was a like, because <gasps> yeah. you believe she's doing it. Right. Yeah. Women aren't supposed to eat burgers and right. let alone on television, yeah. let alone Enjoy it. that big of a yeah. burger and <laughs> like it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's crashing through glass ceilings everywhere. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but say so this PubMed study said that pressures to be thin are present in early adolescence, which we talked about, as noted by dieting behavior starting in very young girls. Women experience more dissatisfaction with their body weight and shape than men do. And I think that actually is a little antiquated because we are noticing more now that women are shifting away from diet culture and men are shifting into it, which Hmm. is kind of another whole nother rabbit hole. We'll do that one later. Yeah. But socioculture and cultural and um, psycho- psychological factors may be important in the etiology of eating disorders. Absolutely. And so this data here, about 1% of female adolescents have anorexia. And interestingly, anorexia has the highest fatality rate of all of the mental illness yes. disorders, which was very surprising to me. I want to say that the statistic I read the American Psychiatric Association was a 7% mm-hmm. lifetime fatality rate yeah. for anorexia because if the patient is unable to overcome the thought processes that are causing the anorexia, the, they're going to die. I mean, mm-hmm. they literally, are, you cannot live without nutrition. Their electrolytes get so out of whack. They can have what's called a cardiac arrhythmia where mm-hmm. their heart goes into an irregular rhythm. Organ failure. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's sobering to realize that and that that may stem from socialized factors that are present, you know, in the school or at lunch with your friends and stuff like that as a kid. And some people's brains just take that thought of, I need to, and I think anorexia too stems from the feeling of needing to control something. Yes. I can't control anything. I think that's a big part of it. I can control what I'm putting in my body. Mm -hmm. I can control what I eat. Um, But it starts innocently enough, like in young kids, 
oh, I can't believe you're going to eat that. Right. And I think as women, if you're a woman listening to this podcast, really sit and ask yourself, you may have either been the mean girl or you were talked to as a mean girl, but in some point, at some point in your life, you have been affected by one singular comment that someone made to you about or around food. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of a singular comment. I can think of a friend that I hung out with. Or several even. That would, yeah, just like eat something and then just go, oh, I can't believe we ate that. We're going to get so fat. And I was thinking, huh, well, you just ruined that for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I actually really enjoyed that frosting. (laughs) So anyhow, how do we change the way we should think about eating? Right. What we should eat. And your point too, that the eating disorders is increasing in men over the last 20 years. I'm, I'm seeing that a lot in mm-hmm. like middle school age boys being mm-hmm. concerned about their weight, being mm-hmm. concerned about being fat. So what should we eat? Shoulds get us every time. It doesn't matter what the topic is. It doesn't matter if we're talking about food. It doesn't matter if we talk about what we should wear, like what we should do, what kind of job we should have. When your brain is telling you that you should do something, it's because you have the thought that there's a rule about this And someone gave that rule to you and you've accepted it. You've decided that you're going to meet that standard, whatever it is. So shoulds about eating, like women shouldn't eat burgers. Mm -hmm. I don't remember ever hearing that or reading that or being told that, but I gathered it. Mm -hmm. Like just from being out with my girlfriends. In high school, I had a friend, we would go to Wendy's and we would each get like whatever their little junior cheeseburger was after school. And then I remember in college, that was no longer a thing. In the cafeteria at college, it was salads. Yes. Like the girls would get salads. Mm-hmm. And like if I went through the um, Wednesday night was steak and it was surf and turf. So there was steak and shrimp on Wednesday night. So like all the sports teams were there, you know, and you had to get there before the basketball team. Because if you didn't, <laughs> Nothing forget it. Like there was going to be no shrimp. There's a scarcity thing. Yeah. That was right. like a true Last scarcity episode. thing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that was like a true, I better get there only on Wednesdays, only if you wanted steak or shrimp. But I remember one night I got steak and all the girls at my table were like, you're eating steak? I was like, yeah, I thought yeah, I'd try yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, huh. And they're picking at their salad. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try the steak and see if it, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible either. But so what you should eat, you may not even have been told that. Like it may, it may be a comment. It may be something that you were brought up with from your family of origin that your parent or your sibling said or your dad told you something. I think there's a lot of unspoken social rules, rules for women do. And, right. and, and specifically for food. Yeah. And so recognizing that you're thinking you should do something, that's a huge thought that a lot of my clients don't realize that they're having. Oh. Because I'll ask them, well, why do you do that? And Well, I should. Right. Well, who says? And then it's like, huh, who does say that? Like, maybe there is someone who said that My mom said it. My friend said it. I read it somewhere. So then the next question is, do you believe it? What do you think? And really, that makes a lot of people stop in their tracks. They're like, what do you mean? What do I think? And I'm like... I'm not allowed to know what I think. Yeah. Like, it's your body. It's your lunch. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? And that that actually brings up a lot of feelings of discomfort for people. Because then they're like, oh, I like having that rule. Right? Yes. A rule is comfortable. Rules feel safe. Rules are definitely yeah. safe. When you consider that there aren't any rules about eating and that if someone says you should do it, you can agree with them or disagree with them and it doesn't mean anything about you, then it's like, oh, no. Some people feel like, that's too scary because now there's a whole world of opportunity, a whole 
selection of things and then they don't know what to do. So the shoulds feel safe. That is for a, a lot of people. Big thing with my clients, yeah. most of my clients, most people that come to me want me to say eat this, not that. Yeah. Do this, not that. Right. This is your boundary. These are your rules. Right. Stick within that and you'll have the perfect life. Yeah, it's safe. It yeah. feels safe though because then you're like, okay, I consulted a dietitian and she told me that these are the things that I should eat and these are the things I should avoid and these are the supplements I should take. So I've got a list of things and it's it makes my brain feel safe because mm-hmm. I can just follow that plan. It feels safe because I don't have to think about it and I don't have to wonder if I'm making the right choice. It also feels safe because if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. Yes. Then they can go back to you mm-hmm. and go, well, I did what you said and it didn't work. It didn't work. work. Yeah. Right? So then they're absolving responsibility. When you choose to live by the shoulds, you have given all of your power to whoever said you should do that. You should do it. Right? Right. So in that case, I don't know how often that would happen to you or does happen with clients where they come back and say this didn't work. I'm going to tell you one of the scariest things I ever say to my clients is I don't do rules like that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm laughing because I'm like, to me, I'm like, I'd be like, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. But, but you're uh, telling me that so many people are like, out yes. when you tell them that. Yes. And that's because they, they like the safety mm-hmm. of knowing that these are the guidelines. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is the box that if I just fit into this box, I'll do everything right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it may be coming from laziness. Like in my case, I will ask people for like, just show me how to do this because I want to figure it out. Right. You know? But it may also come from from fear. Fear. I think fear. a lot of it is fear. Yeah. And then we can go down the rabbit hole, but I think a lot of the fear is I have done all X, Y, Z and yeah. it didn't work. And so now I need this to work. Right. And with the shoulds around what we eat, I feel like we go back to the restriction and yeah. and if I tell you you need to do this, you're either you're gonna do it. I have I have two and it is black or white. I have two client types. You're either gonna do it to make me happy, to make me Be proud amazing, of you, right? Or you're going to freak out and feel completely overwhelmed and just can't even get started or get started and like nope I've I ate one little Reese's right. piece and then they're and off. They're, yes then they're like I just can't do this at all yeah, and that's, that's all or nothing thank that's you. the danger right. of the people pleasing right. is you're either going to be so resistant to the pleasing that it's overwhelming and you buck the system or you're all in a hundred percent because somebody else said you had to. Right. So I guess you can choose to make that work for you if you want to. I mean, if you realize that that's your mindset, I'm going to, although this didn't work in my patient population. Mm-mm. Like if I would say your cholesterol is really high, I mean, the cholesterol being high in and of itself may be genetic, but the triglycerides being high were often mm-hmm. diet and exercise and, and metabolic syndrome from lack of a clean diet and lack of exercise. And so if I, you know, showed you your lipid panel and said, this is really unhealthy. These triglycerides are so high. Your pancreas is going to get inflamed. That's no fun. You're looking at a week in the hospital. Let's make some changes here. And the person's thinking, well, I want to make Dr. Pierce happy. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a lot less motivated when that really nice meal of fried chicken or whatever their favorite high fat meal is, because the high fat meals are what kick your triglycerides mm-hmm. up combined with sugars, simple sugars. 
they're going to be a lot less inclined to not eat that meal if they're thinking, well, Dr. Pierce won't be happy with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, their next level will be so, you know. Yeah. I just won't tell her. But if they're thinking, yeah, she'll never know. <laughs> she'll never know. know. she sees my next set of labs, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're thinking like, oh, gosh, I, I had this young male patient who's in his 20s, blood sugar through the roof. He, like, as far as he knew, he was just like a heavy guy, Okay. And he was an unattached patient, which means he didn't have a doctor. Most healthy guys in their 20s don't have a primary care doc. And I was on unattached call. And he had blood sugar through the roof. His triglycerides were over 1,000. For reference, normal is under 150. And his were over 1,000. And he had acute pancreatitis. His pancreas gland was inflamed. When that happens, it's extremely painful, can be fatal Mm -hmm. if it's not treated appropriately. Um, So he survived that. And so when he saw me for follow-up, you know, he said to me, what's going on? And I explained all the different processes and that all of these things were under his control. And so I said to him, you know, you should do these things if you want to avoid this happening again. Boy, was he motivated. Mm -hmm. Like he absolutely was gonna. So he took the medication, he cleaned up his diet, he dropped the weight, I was able to get him off of four of the five pills that I started him on over the course of a year. And we reversed his diabetes because he was so super motivated not to make me happy. Not when he was, and he was even like, I'm going to have to stop hanging out with my, my guy friends who go out and drink a ton of beer because the alcohol increased the triglycerides. Oh yeah, for sure. But he was super motivated. He wasn't doing it to make me happy. He was doing it because he didn't want to be in the hospital again for, I think he was in for six days. That's a long time in your twenties. It's a long time, no matter what your age, but you know, couldn't go to work. So his, his motivation was not Dr. Pierce said I should do this. It was, I don't ever want this to happen to me again. Yeah. So, you know, going back to the shoulds in in what you're choosing to eat, if you're thinking, I shouldn't eat this, but I really want it, and then you do eat it, I mean, then what happens? Then you're bad. Then right? it's a spiral, right. Then yeah. you're like, well, all right, I shouldn't I can't do this. Yeah. I did. So I may as well finish them off because it's already, we did a podcast mm-hmm. on that about how, like, you're like one toe in the water. Yeah. And then poof, you just jump right <laughs> on in, right? <laughs> Well, it's warm. Let's just get in. Yeah, it's just good. That was a good cookie. We're just going to eat the rest of them. So, so the shoulds of what we should eat, it's really just realizing that what you think that you should eat or should do, you can push back against if it's not serving you. You don't have to take that as gospel. And it, there can be a lot of reasons that you choose to go with continuing to think I should do this. Like that patient, I should not eat these things because I don't want to wind up in the hospital as opposed to, I should not eat a burger because none of the other women here will. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's another girl who'll see you eat the burger and go, oh, yeah, I really want one too, right? I just want to point out that people-pleasing with our eating habits creates long-term mental and physical health disorders. Where do we start? How do we get past all of these things that we've been socialized to eat less? Men are socialized to eat more robustly. How do we get past what, or decipher that even. How do we decipher the shoulds? Part of that is you need to hire somebody to help you with that, to weed out the fact and fiction. But in our own thought processes, how do we say, this one came up here recently for me. I had a client who attends public events very often Mm -hmm. and would not eat at the public events because... Women aren't supposed to eat in public. Mm -hmm. 
And, and this is actually a pretty common theme in a lot of my female clients. Mm-hmm. It's, I think this is a people-pleasing should. I need to make everybody around me happy with my behavior at this event, my eating behavior at this event. Yeah. So what thoughts can we have other than I can't eat in public? Well, even just changing that to I'm choosing not to eat in public. Okay. Right? Because if you're saying I can't, then that implies that you have no control over it, but you do. I mean, you absolutely have control over what you do with your body. So just changing that to I'm choosing not to eat in public. And then why? Like, why am I choosing not to eat in public? Is it so other people feel a certain way? I have a newsflash. We can never control how other people feel about this. Oh, but we try. I mean, people really do. That's the whole people-pleasing thing. But haven't you ever been in a situation where you've, like, thought in advance, okay, I really want this person to be happy, so I'm going to do all these things, and they're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. So you do all those things. And then they're disappointed. And then they're not happy. And you're disappointed. And then you're like, wait. You were supposed to be happy about mm-hmm. that. Guys, the only person's results that you can control is your own. Yeah. The only people's feelings that you have any influence over are yours. I mean, it's just the way it is. You can all think of examples where people should have felt a certain way. So like your client who's like, I'm not going to do this because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Are they even paying attention to her would be my first question. Yeah, probably not. I mean, probably not. Be Say they see her eating something and they think, I can't believe she's eating that. Like, who would really do that? And if they did do that, so what? That's my favorite question. So what? So what? Yeah. I shouldn't do that. Well, so what if you did? I read something not too long ago that was kind of fascinating to me. And it's they said that people-pleasing is not actually pleasing other people it's manipulating other people right you're changing your behavior right you're not being true to yourself right. you're changing your behavior to make someone else change their thoughts right about you or the circumstance or whatever so so you can feel better about so yourself. you can feel better about yourself yes. so you're manipulate manipulating yourself and the other person right. which is very interesting but it's also very true because you're acting in such a way that will make them happy, quote unquote, so that you can then feel good about yourself. Because if they're not happy, then you have to address that discomfort. Like, they're not happy with me. They're angry with me. Well, then I may have some uncomfortable feelings that I don't want to deal with. No, I'm bad or right. whatever. Or, or like, now they're mad at me. And yeah. now I have, now I'm like, oh, God, they're mad at me. What do I do next? You know? And so, yeah, people pleasing is not being true to yourself. It is not going with what you want to do. You are trying to manipulate the other person's experience, right? Yeah. You're not even telling them the truth half the time. I mean, what if your client's at the event and she's starving and she's like, I can't eat because you shouldn't eat at these events. Like somebody might get upset with me. Okay. She can choose to go with that if she wants to, or she can choose to say other people's opinion of me is none of my business, which is one of my favorite thoughts ever. Like I can't control what other people think. Can't control what other people feel. Not even as hard as you try. Yeah. Not even as much as you manipulate. <laughs> <laughs> you still are not going to get there, which gets very frustrating for people who yeah. are trying really hard to please everyone. It's funny that we'll sit with the frustration of other people not reacting the way we want to. Yeah. But we won't sit with the discomfort yes. of, I'm just going to do it my way, right. what I think I should do right, right now. Right. Yep. Agreed. That's fascinating. Okay. That might be that might have to be the, another, podcast. To be another podcast. Okay. <laughs> All these rabbit holes we can go down. Okay. I guess the takeaway from today is don't manipulate yourself. 
You don't have to be a people pleaser. Right. And find somebody to help you work through the shoulds yeah. around your eating. Even just question them when you when you catch yourself thinking, I should do this or I should not do that. Just say, is that true? Yeah. So all you have to do is ask yourself, is that true? You don't have to take an hour to think about it, but just question it. See if it's true. Okay. All right. Till next time. We'll see you later. See y'all later.